podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I am joined by Dave Watson. Still on the phone. Still on the phone. Live from Manchester. Altrincham. Near enough. Yeah. And it's just you and me today, so this is the most tech-savvy Newcastle Natter in history. Um, it feels odd doing a podcast tonight. We're recording on the evening of uh, Tuesday, the 8th of November. Yes. Uh, and bearing in mind what's about to happen this evening, you may be listening to this in the rubble of a nuclear apocalypse. <laughs> Um, oh, you can't win, can he? You can't win, can he? He fucking well can. I'm so worried. I'm yeah. so worried. But we'll see. I mean, we don't want to bang on about politics, and no matter who you... I mean, I can't... One, I don't think there's... Although we do have quite a few American listeners, I don't think there's anyone out there who's been waiting to hear what the Newcastle Natter has to say before deciding how to vote. Two, it's too late to influence it. But three, if you did vote for Orange Hitler, please have a good long, long look at yourself. Right. Yes. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, I mean, if he does get in, then, I mean, it's a good job that we don't have Hatton Ben Arthur and Denver Bar and Cissé anymore because they wouldn't be allowed on any American pre-season tours. No. <laughs> oh, God. It's kind of distracting from the football. It takes it, it away does. from the important things, really, doesn't it? What were you doing uh, the night that Hitler got elected? I was doing <laughs> a podcast about football. Do you remember football? It was that game that we were once allowed to play. Yeah. The next time right. anyone plays football will be at Christmas in the trenches. <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm being hyperbolic or anything. Okay. No, no, that's not like you. But one thing that we know is, as of now, in good order, is the state of Newcastle United Football Club's challenge for the championship title. Seven wins in a row. That's in the, the league, yeah. yeah. Yep, that's the first time we've done that since the last time we were in the Championship. Feels like our well, division. Well, we've said it before, it's a, bit of a, it's a bit of a jolly, isn't it? It's just a bit of a laugh. And uh, our last game was against Cardiff. A 2-1 yeah. victory by all accounts uh, fairly scrappy. Yeah, this was one of those games that there were no, that there wasn't any way to stay up to date with it beyond listening to it on the uh, like uh, the radio. Um, and obviously, when you're listening to local radio, you don't really get a full picture because every shot that you take is a good opportunity. Every chance they get is a half chance. So, I mean, it's fun to listen to bias, but it's it gets a bit like yeah, it gets a bit much. So I I, I couldn't really get a good idea of the game. Um, I listened to it. it. They seemed in the second half to be uh, moaning quite a lot that uh, we didn't, we, we weren't seeing off the game in the way that we should and we seemed like we were a bit shaky at the back. 
as I yeah, remember. This is, some of them, my dad was saying that um, a lot of his mates up there who who actually have been to the game were, were were saying that, and because they're of an older generation, perhaps, but because we were two nil up, they were expecting us to go on and, and beat them, you know, three four nil in the second half. But there's there's factors at play, like Rafa Benitez might have said, right, we're two nil up, we're playing well. Um, I want you to be tighter on this position and just like hold the hold the two nil, and if we can break and get a third, cool. If we can get some more, but it wasn't really you know cavalier. Let's get at them and let's tear them a new one because we didn't need to in the, well, if he was, in the second half. If he was saying that, then that's a bit of a risky game to play because they did uh, get one ball goal back, bring it to two one, and then in the uh, final minutes of the game. Uh, Cardiff had a pretty good shout for a penalty, right? Well, the, their goal—it um, should like—it's there's a clear handball by Shamak in the lead up to their goal. Yes. Um, so Shamak, remember Shamak, <laughs> Marouan Shamak. Uh, it, it, they shouldn't have—they shouldn't have scored that that uh, that consolation goal. Really, it shouldn't—it shouldn't have stood. But you know, fine. And the penalty. I don't think it was. I don't think it's a stone wall that some people are claiming. Um, uh, I think, I, it, as in Neil Warnock, as in Neil Warnock, Colin Wanker. Um, he's got um, he's got a history of uh, deflecting attention away from a loss onto referees or the opposition or whatever. He's you know he's got that in his locker. But like the their attacker had handfuls of Mitrovic's shirt. And Mitrovic had handfuls of their shirt. Um, yeah, it looked a little bit of six of one, half a dozen of the other. Although, with it, I mean, I didn't see lots of different angles of it. But with it being Mitrovic, I did think. <laughs> I, I did think. Oh, go easy on him. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, it, I thought it could be a little bit of rambunctiousness from the Serb there. Well, yeah. To be honest, he had a he had a really good game. Um, he did. Let's talk about yeah. the, the the first goal, which he played a great part in, uh, as did Isaac Hayden, and then finished off by Atsu. Yeah, it was a, uh, what was it, a throw-in that, um, it was because he, he challenged for the ball on the left flank, and um, the, went out for our throw-in, took it quickly, played a quick one-two with Perez, which is nice to see, nice to see him getting a bit of a... Um, Oh, like a partnership going, and he, I like I like that he seems to have the the confidence in the box to take the extra touch, not just leather it as soon as he gets in there. Um, and when At- when he when he looked up and saw Atu, like there wasn't anybody within you know three or four yards of him. So a player of Atu's technique, give the ball to him, and yeah, it was. It, it was like, well, this is a hundred percent going to be a goal instead of just leathering it, which is like fifty-fifty. Yeah, I so, thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was Hayden who he did that one-two with, but perhaps I've got that wrong. But uh, he does seem to have. Um, it was a bit similar to a couple of goals that they've been recently, where not just for us, um, but for he seemed to have a lot of time in the box, um, hmm. choosing when to shoot or pass. But we do yeah. seem to be getting. I mean, that's the nature of being uh, dropping down a division. Uh, our players do seem to be getting a lot more time in the box. Absolutely. 
Um, and you're right in saying that it's because we're, we've dropped down a division, but if he's growing in confidence and um, learns that, like, in this league, uh, you can take a touch and, and, and find an extra player, maybe, maybe if we get promoted, he doesn't just revert to his old style, which was just layer it when he gets into the box. So hopefully this is, this is a lesson that he can take into the Premier League and be a bit more calm and assured up there. He's a quality player. He's not just a big lump, is he? He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's got skills. He's got a good touch for a big man. Good touch for a big man, yeah. <laughs> As have you, Dave. As have Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the second goal came from, surprisingly, not unsurprisingly, Gufran. Yeah, good friend. Uh, I, I don't know what he's up to now, uh, how many goals he's got, but um, he's, it was really, really good work down the right again from Yedlin. Um, and, and the, it's, it's, it's kind of contradictory because what Gufran seems to do is act on instinct. And he, he wouldn't have taken like an, another touch and looked for an open man or anything like that. He seems to just be acting on instinct, which he can get away with in this league. And he can be quite a good player at this level, but I don't think he'll I don't think he'll be able to do it in the Premier League. But Yedlin deserves all the credit for that. Yedlin was um has been superb for the past, what, three or four games? Yeah. I wonder Where if he started, yeah. Johan Gufran is one of this season's if you look back to players who did well for us on our last championship run, people like Lovenkrantz and players who mm. had great seasons for us in the championship. But you, re- although he's actually been with us a while, Gufran, you don't reckon he'll he'll uh, maintain a starting place when we're in the Premiership, do you? Really? No, no. I, I think he'll be one of the players that we, um, you know, shed when we go up. Um, I'm not 100, percent but I'm pretty sure his contract runs out um, within about you know six months or so. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if. Uh, I, I doubt we offer him a new contract. I'm sure he'll be on like 25, 30 grand a year. And a week. You know. I mean, if he's on 25 or 35, 30 grand a year, then I would, despite how bad he's been the last couple of seasons, I would be hoping to earn more than a newly qualified teacher if I was good friend. Just the, the other thing was the, uh, their, their keeper, Marshall. No, it was Amos, sorry. Amos was Amos was in really good form and had it not been for Amos in the first half, we would have been three or four goals to the good. I mean, that well, was a great Paul, set. Paul from, Dum- from Paul Dummett. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, that would have yeah, been nice was... to see Dummett score. Dummett's, yeah. Dummett's turning into a pretty dependable player for us, I think. Maybe I'll be laughed at for this at some point. Well, I, I think it's, it's, it's the, the Gufran scenario yet again. He's, he's really good in this division because... He's, you know, head and shoulders over you know, a great swathe of the of the championship in that in that position. Um, but he's not really good enough for the for the Premier League. I mean, well, very see, I could see him that, being like a a sort of Aaron Hughes. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, he certainly he certainly he's not. He should never be the first team on the on the the, the team sheet in the defence. But if I don't know if. Um, our left back got injured or something like that, and Paul Dummett came on. You, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be 
furious. You'd, you'd be disappointed, but you'd accept it. And he'd probably, you know, you know, he'll work hard, and you'll know that he'll um, put his shirt on the, you know, his, his body on the line for the shirt. But I'd, I'd, I'd sell him to whoever gets relegated or whoever's pushing for promotion next. Well, who's to say? But I would have thought if we're if the future holds for us us being a side that's challenging for Europe, then I do not imagine Paul Dummett to be a, a regular starter. But I could see him being a regular starter for a perennial bottom half of the Premier League team, like West oh, Brom or something, he, he, or, or Fulham when Aaron Hughes was there. You know that kind of. Well, he, player he's a quintessential Tony Peeler signing he's a big fullback but can play centre half so that means Peelers can play him anywhere in the anywhere across his back eight and he'd be happy with that by the way um, by the way just while I remember I've checked it up and uh, Goufran's out of contract at the end of the season in in June as is, yeah. as is, while we're on the subject, as is Paul Dummett. Oh, well, well, we'll see. Dummett might get another contract, but I'd, I'd be surprised if Kufran did. Although, to be honest, there are players who um, managers take to, and it certainly seems that um, uh, Benitez has faith in Kufran. I mean, we've won every, uh, sorry, we've won all but one game that he started, and we drew one as well, so... It could be that Benitez says, "Yeah, I know he's not he's not great, but he does the job that I want him to do on the pitch. And until I find somebody better than him that will also do the job on the pitch, then yeah, maybe, maybe." So Atsu had a good game. Uh, mm-hmm. Hayden got a start, which I'm sure he will have enjoyed. And by all accounts, he did quite well. I think. Yeah. Um, it seems like Lassell and Clark are very much our first choice centre back partnership at the moment. Mm. Um, which is which is surprising because if you'd said that at the beginning of the season you would have expected it to be um Umbemba and and one of the other three, but yeah, those two seem to have sewn it up. Yeah, well as soon as LaSalle got the captain's armband you knew he was first choice. But yeah, I'm su- I'm surprised Umbemba hasn't played a larger part. Although he must be injured at the moment, is he? Because he wasn't on the bench. Um, I haven't seen anything about an injury. You might just be. Wow, I mean, if he's if he's not, let me check this because if he's if Hanley is ahead of Mbemba, then Mbemba, yeah, he's, apparently he's not injured. Well, who would have thought mm-hmm. that fourth choice centre back? Anyway, unless. Uh, You've got anything you particularly want to say about the Cardiff game? We're going to have a quick break, Dave. I'm good. I'm fine. Okay, well, we're going to have a quick break, and when we get back, we'll talk more about Newcastle United Football Club. Hello, welcome back to the show. What did you do with your time in the break, Dave? I made myself some pasta, a um, nice little bit of pancetta through it. It's, it's looking, it's, you know, it was tasty. Nice. Sounds nice. good. So, something that we should talk about, but I don't think there's a lot to say on it, is just before the recording, it's come out that John Joe Shelby has been charged with mis- 
conduct in relation to our game against Wolves uh, on um, in September. There were two, weren't there? Yeah. But it was the the Saturday one, the league game. And yeah. the, it seems as if uh, that uh, it's been reported that he used some kind of racial uh, term to, uh, who is it? Say Remain Saez, who's Moroccan, uh, Wolves player. Mm. But there, you can't, we, there's nothing really we can say at the moment, is there? Because it's all speculation. But um, Yeah, it's... All, all there is to say is that um, he's uh, if he's if he's found guilty of the charge, it's a minimum five game ban, um, and he's got up until the sixteenth of November to uh, respond to the ban, uh, respond to the charge. Um, I don't know if like admitting guilt would shorten the ban or if he wants to challenge it. I don't know, but if he is to miss the the games that follow, he'd miss uh, Leeds at home. Uh, Blackburn away, Hull in the Cop, which is a big loss, Forest away and Birmingham at home. So it's like three uh, three away games, one of which being a Cop game. Um, it's the kind of, those are the kind of games we really need someone of his quality because um, he can, you know, he can ping that pass through. So if if he is if he has done it, um, I was saying I was saying to my, my my girlfriend before I was just like it's. It's like if your mate cheats on his girlfriend, like you, you love him and you'll still be his mate, but you're like so disappointed in him. Well, I don't you know. You can't I invite him around for dinner anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we don't know what he's done, but like someone like John Terry, you, you could never like John Terry, could you? What I'm, what I'm saying is if he's done it, then uh, he's, he's let himself down He's let the club down. He's let the whole game down. So I hope he hasn't. And yeah. there's speculation that it might explain why he wasn't in the England squad. Although I don't. Although there were a lot of calls for it, I don't think he was necessarily a shoe in for the no, England squad. No, no. Uh, I mean, we did discuss no. that previously. It's, it's interesting. It's taken so long for the charge to be brought forward. I mean, it's what, 10 games that have passed and well, that suggests to me that there might be, it's not frivolous that they've already done a bit of research into it. And they think he's definitely a a case to answer. And this is the formal process because you don't want to fling around charges like that. And unless you're pretty sure that something dodgy has gone on, but you know, as I say, it's all, Speculation. Um, yeah. So we've had a little bit of uh, stuff on the uh, Twitter. Um, uh, Rocky No Pants got in touch to say, <laughs> I really hope you cover other fans' salty behavior in next episode. Can't be ignored. We can't ignore, ignore it, can we, Dave? Well, but, I, I, I haven't. No, I bet you haven't. I, should, I bet. I mean, I haven't really noticed it, but I don't really get involved in Twitter arguments. That's what it's about, right? That fans of other clubs, particularly Preston North End, right, have yeah. been getting pretty, and apparently the word to use is salty. They've 
they're they're pretty an- annoyed at us. They feel like we're buying the league, and they feel like well, Preston North End feel like they should have got a penalty, and there's a conspiracy in our favour and all of that, right? Yeah, essentially, it's it's the it's the age old complaint when when a smaller team um, misses out and they feel they've they've been aggrieved. Then it, it isn't just a difference in quality got the, the the bigger team over the over the line. It's it's obviously it's got to be the the officials or um, the only reason that Newcastle are, are up where they are is because they've 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 broken financial fair play rules and and all this and it's it's ridiculous. It, it is bitterness and jealousy, and it's interesting that it, it seems to be most prevalent in teams that were once in the Premier League, Preston North End excluded, because the other teams like um, Brentford, Brentford didn't complain at all and they had a lovely time and they were dead nice and uh, apparently were, you know, uh, very positive about Newcastle as a football side and all the rest of it. But it's it's fans of like Leeds and Forest and uh, Aston Villa um, complaining that, Newcastle are getting all the decisions and, and stuff like that. And that's, it's just absolute bullshit. But it's just the nature you, of being the the top side, isn't it? It's, it's something yeah. we haven't been fortunate enough to experience very often. But I'm sure that um, Man U and Liverpool and Arsenal fans, you know, depending what kind of season they're having, they're having have been getting this for years and years and years. And it's just... It's definitely just part of being a Man U fan, isn't it? That yeah, I mean, there is a there is a reason that Newcastle United win more fouls or more penalties or whatever in dangerous positions. It's because they've got better players who move quicker, and the poorer players that they come up against maybe miss time a tackle because the guy's going too quick, or maybe miss time a tackle because the guy quickly changed uh, changed direction. So that you know they're, there is a legitimate reason why we do get more fouls than, than a lot of teams. But also, you watch the the physical um, games employed by some of the, the teams in the championship when they come up against others who also engage in in that kind of that kind of game. Then then the fouls are going both sides, and and it's it seems like it's evening out during the game. But Newcastle aren't a particularly physical side. Like not in an aggressive way, like um, not when Mitrovic is on the bench. Yeah, <laughs> Mitrovic aside, but if we lined up with Gale and Anita and and players like that, they're not they're not fouling players. They're not like going in hard on them as as say Preston North End did on um, on our players. Hang on to your second. Sorry, there's an alarm going off in my ear. Is that you? No, that is nothing to do with me. Your phone is going off, Dave. You've got you've set an alarm. Is it your? It's eight o'clock. You have an alarm set, obviously, for eight o'clock because that's when you have to take your pill. Is it? Yeah, that's right. Is that what it is? Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, That's quite funny. Was it not a phone? Was it not a phone call? It was an alarm. Yeah, you've got an alarm that goes off in eight (laughs) eight in the evening. I don't know what it is. What is it? Um, Is it to Uh, tell you that? British Bake Off starting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Um, I tell you what it is. I've just updated um, onto the new iOS, so it's probably probably an older one that's been redone. Anyway, the point is, 
look, the the, the opposition can moan and, and bitch and all the rest of it, but it is it is bitterness and it is jealousy. And you know, I think we should enjoy it. It's fun. It's fun having yeah. people hate you. That's that's part of it, isn't it? You know, I wouldn't Perhaps, I wouldn't yeah. worry about it. I, mean, I think that that's what a lot of it is on Twitter, isn't it? People are quite enjoying winding up uh, the Preston North End fans and fans of other clubs. I mean, they're not going to, they're not, they're not all going to be like, oh, thank you, Gav, for beating us. You were brilliant. <laughs> I think you magpies are brilliant. You know, it's just the nature no, of football. People just moan, don't they? That's the yeah, game. Yeah, and, and, and we said it last, last time where you get on Twitter and everybody wants to have the, the, the outrageous opinion or something like that and a lot of it is just to get attention so you'll see a Preston North End fan um, moaning about a penalty that another team didn't get against Newcastle or whatever but they'll put the Newcastle hashtag on and the only reason they're doing that is to get attention that's funny I wonder how long it'll go on for years so basically all Preston North End fans are basically like Alan Green like everything <laughs> is outrageous that's outrageous that was a bad and green impression there. What else was on Twitter? Okay. Um, David Stratton says, for once I've got nothing to rant about. And it is true. I mean, it's that's, it's just, it's, it is weird. We are really good at championship football. Um, NASA got in touch to ask a question that we do ask an awful lot on this podcast, which which is sort of weird, but once Rob Elliott is back fit, who would be first choice keeper? I mean, I ask that like so often. I mean, I, I mean, he says, uh, will goalkeepers be rotated like other positions? I can't see them being rotated. Although I remember Bobby Robson did that once, didn't he? With Shea and uh, Steve Harper, they were rotated for a while. It is difficult, especially when a lot of like, Three of our keepers, I would say, they're all much of a muchness. Darlow, Sells, and Elliot, they're all lower half of the Premier League standard goalkeepers. I mean, they've all got an error in them, and they've all got um, things that they're not so hot at. Like, Sells is still not great at um, coming for a cross convincingly. I would have um, thought... He might, sorry, go on? I would have thought Darlow will keep his place just because... he. What's the phrase? Not finders, keepers, but you know, <laughs> keepers, keepers. Um, I, th- I think that is the phrase, yeah. That's the phrase. Famously. Famously, yeah. 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 Sorry, I interrupted you there just to spout utter bollocks, which, which is a <laughs> theme right. of the Newcastle Matter for years. Yeah. Um, no, it's just that. I don't, I don't think he'll. He might rotate it for now and again just to change things up. And. You can always get an injury. You can always get suspensions. You can always get players just needing a bit of a rest because there are, you know, there's, there's more often than not, there's two games a week. And while the keeper might not be <laughs> might not be running about the place as much, you still need a, a, to, to maintain a, a, a certain level of concentration. So yeah, maybe maybe bring in Sells and Elliot, but Elliot yet yet another one of the players I'd expect to see the back of when if we get promoted. Sure. Well, that brings me on to the, the fact that there can't be many players in our squad at the moment who are grumpy because most players are getting uh, some some action. Uh, and Ben yeah. Barra, I could imagine, might be a bit annoyed. Uh, possibly Tiote. Um, 
But uh, you'd imagine that if if they if they get their chance and because they know that a chance is going to come their way, if they're not performing when they do get their chance, they're not being told you're not getting a start from John Carver. Rafa Benitez is saying, "Well, no, I'm not. I'm starting the cells ahead of uh, you and Bemba because he's been in great form." And we've got a specific set of challenges in the next few games that Lascelles is better suited to to face than yourself. That's why I'm picking him ahead of you. It's not John Carver just going, oh, I will show more passion. Yeah. So So, another question from NASA, uh, which mm -hmm. is in the January window, which positions to strengthen? How many players do you reckon Rafa will sign up? Um, It's a good question. I mean, I, right yeah. now, personally, I would be, I would be wondering which positions do we want to strengthen for the Premiership, which may be a bit early mm. to be thinking that. But we seem to be doing pretty well with what we have. But looking ahead to the Premiership, well, go ahead, Dave. What do you reckon? Well, I've, we signed two fullbacks um, that haven't really played at all in Lazar and Gamez and I mean I, I could I could imagine the Gamez was brought in more for the um, more for the changing room because uh, apparently he was a really good figure um, in his previous club and, and acted like a bit of a, a go-between between the, the manager and a few of the players and stuff but that does make me think if we get promoted we've only really got Yedlin who's actually a fullback that's starting games that could be good enough for the Premier League so I don't think Dom it is so it might be that we need to strengthen the fullback positions again because Lazar's not getting any game time well, we'll Gamez see. isn't yeah well we'll see about those I, w- I would have thought January would be a bit early to be signing another fullback just because they haven't had a go but it's hard to say what's going on behind the scenes there I would have thought for the Premiership, we might need another centre-back, as usual. I mean, Kieran Clark's yeah. doing really well for us, and maybe his this season will be the making of him, but he he's not exactly set the Premiership alight, has he? So No, you'd really want to be going out and signing some, like, an experienced centre-half, and I'm not saying him, but somebody like Ryan Shawcross, somebody like that. Yeah. Um, you know who's who's a standout at, the, at a club that's maybe not doing very well. So if um, I don't know, yeah, like Shawcross, if, if if Stoke still struggle, then then perhaps perhaps going after someone like him. I think um, on the flanks we're a bit weak. We've only really got Richie and Atsu who are out and out wide players. Well, Atsu isn't our player, is he? We've only got him for this season. No, yeah, I, I mean, we've got an option to buy, but it might be that, um, you know, Atsu feels that he's done his done his due and just wants to move to a, a Premier League club that's perhaps gone after Europe or, or whatever. I don't know. He's a young lad. He might fancy a move abroad. Could be anything. That I'd like to keep him because I think he's a really exciting prospect. What he's done so far, I would love to keep Atsu. Um, yeah. As, well, we've already said that we reckon Gufran could be gone. So, yeah, I mean... But January, January is always yeah. about who's available, isn't it? So yeah, if, uh, if we, we can might, pick up I mean, a good deal on a on a winger or a fullback or 
whoever, then maybe. But there's no position right now that's crying out. No. The only thing I would, like, we can rotate quite well in all positions other than the creative string pulley John Joe Shelby role, which is why we're going to miss him so much for the next five, uh, for the those five games that he's likely to miss. Yeah. Um, we we could do with a central creative midfielder, someone like a Will Hughes, who is young, got potential to play in the Premier League. You know, somebody that maybe isn't ready for the Premier League yet, but if they play six months with us, then come up as a as, as part of a promoted side. Um, I feel like Will be, Hughes has been touted as this young hot prospect for about eight years now. Yeah, I'm, no. I'm not, he, sure that's an exaggeration, but do you, it's like, do you remember, what was his name? Is it Giles Barnes? Was that his name? That Derby player? Yeah, he, he came out at the same time as um, Gareth Bale. Right, yeah. And uh, people people were talking about those two as being this, you know, this incredible left-wing um, uh, twosome that, that, that was going to tear the, the place apart, but no, Giles Barnes hasn't done a goddamn thing. Well, it, be, I mean, it, I would also think maybe when we could do with another, to use football manager terminology, ball-winning midfielder. Maybe. I mean, Anita and Colback, or Anita certainly, um, can do the the busy running about kind of terrier ball winner. But he's not the like, he's not like a Chetiote. And he's I like an Aldi. He's like an Aldi Egg Davids. <laughs> Poundland, yeah, yeah. He's um, he's not like um, Hayden's. I like him. I think he's going to be a really good player, and I think that he'll be the kind of um, I'm trying to think like um, like a Tom, not, maybe not Tom Huddleston, maybe like a Jake Livermore or something. Like he's not going to probably not going to play for one of the massive clubs, but I reckon he's I reckon he's a decent player. But yeah, yeah, another one of those like a, a, a Czech Tioto or someone like that. Yeah, Go well, if we can guess. Well, yeah, that w- I would say, like, if we can get players in January, then they should be signings that we're looking ahead to the Premiership. And it's if we can get mm. a good deal, because if and surely when we get promoted, we definitely will be wanting to uh, add some class all over yeah. the park, really. Although yeah. we do and have and a lot and of and class and already. And the good thing is, at the at this stage of the season, if we were to really push to get Anthony Knockhart or Knockhart, sorry, or um, or Will Hughes or someone like that, we we've, we've got the financial muscle where odds on to go up. We've proven that we're playing like de- decent football as well as effective football in the Premier in the Championship. So there's loads of loads of you know things that we can persuade a current championship player who who's got aspirations and the potential to play in the premier league and that can also derail one of our you know one of the other teams in that league and I'm all for that uh garnet flyshacker yeah uh got in touch to ask what is our goals chances created ratio unfortunately that was a bit late for me to look up the answer to that question <laughs> Um, Do you want the answer to that question? Oh, have you got it, Dave? Yeah. Oh, good man. What is it? So we take uh, seven shots uh, per goal scored. So, yeah, you understand that. And that's one of the best in the league. Is it? And um, 
we have more than 15 shots per match, which is the highest in the league. And I'm getting this from uh, an excellent blog, if you're a bit of a football nerd, and it's um, it's called experimental361.com. Um, and they've got these great scatter graphics which show um, how many chances that you take. Like, like I've just said, like how many shots taken per goal scored, how many shots taken per match. It also breaks down your defence, puts it in a nice little scatter graph so you can you know, easily see it. But to answer the question, we are taking a lot of shots every game. But we're but doing very well. We don't need a lot of shots to score. So well, that's a perfect combination. What was the name of that yeah. website again? Experimental361 and 361's numbers rather than text. Well, there you go. The that's for all the rain men, all the rain men out there like Dave. <laughs> but if you, if you start going down the rabbit hole in that blog, you will become full-on hipster because some of the stuff they talk about is like expected goals. They talk about... Um, the championship permutations and it's yeah it's it's i have a little nerd chasm every time they release something new sounds like classic dave watson and i respect you for it that's the sort <laughs> of that's the sort of thing that i should be doing instead of looking at constantly looking at stats to do with elections because that's a lot yeah. more stressful yeah. <laughs> although i sense that you get just as stressed about football as i get stressed about the impending end of the world. Anyway, so uh, there was a great stat that you sent uh, myself and Paul on Twitter, which is in the whole of the Football League, we have the best win percentage this season, 75% win percentage. Yeah. In the yeah, whole um, of the Football League. Brilliant. And we, didn't, and we had like a fairly slow start, so brilliant. Brilliant stuff. Uh, I mean, the other thing on there is just just to you know, go on. Draw comparisons is uh, is if, if you look at who's second bottom, that's that's also quite entertaining. Oh, who's that, Dave? It's uh, it's, just, it's Sunderland. Oh, the Black Cats. Those ones, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry to all the can't help it, mate. No, it's ingrained. No, great stuff. I love it. So, <laughs> so, um, and who's bottom? It's Plymouth, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I think so, yeah. So, uh, on, we've got an international break coming up, and who doesn't love an international break? Yeah. So, we can... I, I'd be really interested, like, if if any of the, the like, the Newcastle Matter listeners, do you actually enjoy watching your national team play? Because I, I, I'll do it out of some perverse sense of, sense of patriotism. But, man, it is the worst football with the worst fans. It's terrible. It generally it is. It. Are you going to write a 800-word think piece about whether uh, England and Scotland should wear a poppy, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> I think, to be honest, the Cookie Monster answered that better than I ever can yes oh yeah of course look out for that on Twitter there was the cookie monster was on the one show and forced to wear a poppy which is ridiculous which is only right which is only right Dave out of respect 
I even wear, I wear a poppy in the shower, Dave. <laughs> That's how much I respect. Have you noticed that the the, the um, do, do they still do the paper ones? Because the only ones I've seen are the um, the actual you know metal pin ones. No, they do. I have a paper one on my coat right now. I do Good because I respect. Um, so our next well, game. Need yeah. So we've got to wrap up our next yeah. game. By the way, that seemed that sounded like I don't. I do. I wear a poppy. All right, guys. We're not taking the right. Uh, yeah. So uh, all respect to everyone of all of all wars. So um, our next game is against Leeds away yep. at Ellen Road. It's on Sky, which is fantastic. The next best thing to be in there. That's the sort of game I would love to be at. I'd love to see Newcastle at Ellen Road. Well. You're not alone because it looks like it's another sellout, another away sellout, thanks to the Geordie boys. How, what sort of a season are Leeds having? Um, middling. Um, Gary Monk's doing quite a good job with them. Um, they're certainly playing better football than they have done in a while, and they're all right. I mean, uh, hang on, where are they? I can't remember where they are in the league. I think they're about ninth. Um, which is, you know, for Leeds, that's not bad. They've got an outside chance in the playoffs, um, but I'd be very surprised if they made it. Um, right now, we're in that really... Sixth, sorry, the, the sixth is one, three on the bounce. Um, yeah, four wins from six. It's not bad. Right. Well, right now, we're in that really... To beat them. Yeah, we're in that really arrogant situation where we're like, what are they called? Is it... No, it's not... <laughs> Not Newcastle United. Oh, in that case, um, they will lose. <laughs> We're in that. And at some stage, we are going to lose. But I'm going to keep going with my standard prediction this season. It's become the new 1-1. I'm going to go with 3-1. Although, actually, we seem to be grinding out quite a few 2-1s. As in, people say, you know, like, the good teams win even when they play bad. Uh, what do you reckon, Dave? Uh, I reckon, I reckon we're going to draw. I reckon it'll be two-two. Two-two. I don't think that's a bad show. Yeah. I don't think that's a bad show. So I got to go. We got to wrap it up. Um, have a lovely international break, Dave. Yeah, super. It's you been, too, pal. Yeah, it's been it's been lovely to speak to you. Hopefully we'll see you in the flesh at some point. And plan. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Dave Watson. Sorry, Paul Doolan couldn't make it. Thank you to you, the Newcastle Natter, Natter listener, for downloading. Please rate us on iTunes, all of that shit. Uh, my name is Fergus Craig. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.